Blog Talk Radio. I'm 
right now. Is that a safe guess? Are you me, T. Mitch? Yes, sir. There you have it. Wednesday night, and it's that time. If you are going with a thing, the deal so Joe was powered by X to the L. Tonight, me and my partner, delivered you. Yo. What's going on, man? Uh, another week, man. Um, I'm celebrating with all the rest of the LeBron haters. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of night for the for LeBron fans. I didn't watch any other game in the finals. I only watched Game Six. I was um I was very very happy with the outcome. Um. I I trolled Facebook looking for LeBron fans um, just so I can comment on their statuses. <laughs> I went to Instagram to find funny Riley Curry memes, and I found several. So um, it was an okay day. Um, not having the best evening, but um, you know the show always has a way of um, working that out for me. Um, what's going on with you? Nothing much. So you're you're okay with light skin champions? You don't have no problem with that? Speaking, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, <laughs> do I have a problem with it? No, I don't. I don't have a problem with it. I, the better team won. Okay. So well, I'm, I'm okay with that. I always have an issue with. And I hope the people that need to hear what I'm about to say are listening. Um, I do have an issue with the way that the NBA depicts the light and and, and dark um, situation. I do Mm -hmm. have an issue with that. Whether you you and I make light of it and we make jokes about it, you know, there's some some truth to every, you know, stereotype and cliche and... And it was definitely depicted and shown that way. Um, there is a small part of me that wonders if the series went to seven games, or if mm-hmm. the Cavaliers had won, would 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 Cleveland still be portrayed in the light that that Cleveland is um, portrayed in? And, and what I what I mean by that for anyone that has not been paying attention to the commercials that you've been watching, you've not been paying attention to all the promos for the NBA Finals, Golden State is always portrayed in their home uniforms, in their home <laughs> arena, with nice bright lights, and the MVP <laughs> awards, and they are the the, 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 the the Rudy's of the NBA. And the Cavaliers are always in their road uniforms. We see all the tattooed players, all the ones in the rip click, and it's always Northeast Ohio. Like, it's, 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 that's not even Cleveland. So very interesting. So 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 keep that in mind when you hear Q or myself talk about light skin versus dark skin. It is not a paper brown bag test that we're conducting. We just mm-hmm. see a side of we see a side of the propaganda that you seem to be blind to. With that being said, 
I believe that the better team won. Um, I'm not gonna be. I'm not drinking the Kool Aid. I don't think they're gonna repeat. I don't think that they're as special as everyone tends to think they are. I think they're no different than the '75 Warriors, '69 Sonics, and the '77 Bullets. And for all of you who have no idea who those are, those are teams that just out of nowhere won the championship, and we heard nothing from them since. Wow. All right. So you can see it's definitely one of those nights. <laughs> yeah, I see. Yeah, I'm, I'm not good. Um, I went to a wedding over the weekend. Um, nice Jewish wedding. And, uh, you know, partook in the horror. You know, was like one of the only black faces there. So, you know, they always mm-hmm. got to come grab you and, hey, come dance with us. And no, this mm-hmm. is not our way of, this is not our way of making you not be uncomfortable. Because I was very much comfortable in my feet. Like, mm-hmm. the discomfort comes with trying to keep up with things that I'm not accustomed to. I had a good time, though. Um, I've never seen the things that I saw at this wedding. And I mean that in a good way. It, it yeah. made me it made me question what we as African Americans consider a celebration at a wedding because they were partying. Oh yeah? They were having a good time. And, you know, then I think about what we do and, you know, we we, the ceremony kind of seems a little lackluster. It's not. A, it doesn't seem as sacred as it, it is. It seems like the reception is much more important to people than ceremony. And it feels like the wedding I was at, like from the from the cocktail hour to the, they were partying at the cocktail hour. Like they carried the groom in for the cocktail hour. Like it was, it was, it was something else. Um, so you know, definitely appreciated those all the invitation that I received and. Absolutely lovely time. What did you get through this weekend? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> it seems like a, recurring, like a recurring theme for you, man. Well, as you get older, man, you just want to relax. You don't even want to do nothing. Well, you know, I wanted to. I hope y'all was hoping you'd have something positive to say. Like, dude, my, my weekend was not completely great. Um, on the way home. From the wedding, my I had a complete blowout. My tire just completely went. Really? Yeah. It was very, very scary for about all of two minutes, but the most terrifying two minutes of my life. Because I've never gotten a <laughs> I'm late text. So it was the most terrifying two minutes of my life. And now I need a new rim um, for for my car. So oh. that was a, a damper, and it just was that was when all the rain came down on Sunday mm. night. So you know, uh, and then I had one of those, you know, hooked on phonics educated um, tow truck drivers who wanted <laughs> to have a he wanted to have a conversation instead of putting my car on a tow truck, and uh, <laughs> you know, it was just one of those <laughs> one of those those nights. <laughs> you sound real snooty, bro. <laughs> I was just mad. We on the side of the road. It's two o'clock in the morning, and your first question was not for my license, my registration, my insurance, none of that. Your first question was, "Oh, you look sharp. Where you coming from?" <laughs> <laughs> I 
to a That's a compliment, boy, man. I want you to put this car on the back of the tow truck and say, you know, that's 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 what I want to talk about. I don't want to, I don't want to divulge into all that. Like I can give you men's warehouse number when we're on the road. So you know, didn't have a didn't really enjoy that, but otherwise a a good weekend. Not feeling this heat too much, but you know, this is what it is. Been hard at work. Um, shout out to MJ, been real hard at work on uh, booking for the show. Uh, we booked out into the middle of July, so real, uh, yeah, real excited about about that. And as always, you know, third Wednesday of the month. So I know you're excited. Of course, it's my favorite time. You know that. Yeah. So before we get any more into that, um, big shout out to last week. Guest um, Gina Carey was um, our guest last week on the Neo Soul Show, and um, we were able to play the same song we opened the show with tonight. Give me the soul. That was a uh, kind of big. You know, we like exclusive. We like being one of the first people to um, to play a record. So being able to do that was was nice, and it was a really it was a really good interview. She was a very genuine. Artist, a message. Yeah, so it was good talking with her. And Gina is very, very heavy into social media. You can find her on Facebook. She has a number of pages. Um, there's Gina Carey. There's Gina Carey, the soul singer. And then there's her personal page, Gina Carey. Mm-hmm. On Twitter, and on Twitter, she's Gina Carey sings. So big shout out to Gina. That was a really, really good show. He has two reallys. It was a really, really good show. Yes, it was. She, uh, she was very interesting. Gave a good interview. Very much so. Um, I listened back to the show. Um, because you know, like I said, I was sitting on the side of the road for an hour, so I had no time to listen to the entire show. And, um, I was really taken by how descriptive she was during the interview. Like we've done so many interviews, and you know, you kind of get to that point where you feel like you've heard every mm-hmm. answer to whatever question you can come up with, and she actually, yeah. she actually really had different answers for everything. So definitely looking forward to um, the rest of her album coming out so we can get her back on the show and have a nice conversation with her. Definitely. So, SNIV is over in Japan. I didn't know if you knew that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, she performed at... I know she performed... She's been performing at pretty much every day. So, um, big shout out to SNIV. A lot of pictures she's posting on um, Instagram. Lydia Renee. Wait, go ahead. What was you going to say? I was going to say, she's clearly well-liked over there. That's big, though, you know, to be over yeah. in Japan. Yeah, it is. You got to get Yaya on the on the roster because, like, she is <laughs> the, like she is just amazing with everything yeah. that she's doing with um with that's my face. Just absolutely amazing. Yeah. So be happy when she gets back. I definitely wanted to say this to um uh, one of my favorites um, that we had on the show. Big shout out to Margot B. Um, 
I think her Twitter name is Margot B R S D T. That's also her Instagram name. Uh, Margot was a guest on the show back in 2012. You know, a long time ago. And mm-hmm. she was one of the first guests we actually played music on the show. So we anyway, know how long ago that was. But Margot is hmm. part of uh, Righteous Music Media. Shout out to Darian Dean and Miles Anthony over at uh, Righteous Music. Some of you know Margot from Rent on Broadway. Others of you will know Margot from her role on Boardwalk Empire on HBO. If you don't know Margot yet, you will know Margot as she is currently filming for Barbershop 3. Oh, God. So big, 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 big shout out to Margot. Can't wait till she's done filming and gets back um, back up here in um, the Northeast in New York City, so we can talk with her and she can tell us, you know, about the about the movie and everything. And if Nicki Minaj is really a good actor, actress. Barbershop Three, huh? Yeah, man, they've been filming. She's been, you know, she's been posting pictures from uh, Instagram, and that's just, this is a good look for her. Very, very mm-hmm. talented, and hopefully it's the last one. Like, this should be Barbershop 3 going out of business. Because <laughs> I really don't know how many how many different things can you get into owning a barbershop. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, you, we already saw you deal with your dad's debt. We already saw you try to sell the barbershop. Then we saw you try to save the community from gentrification. <laughs> what else do we get into owning a barbershop? You got me. All right. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't just me that was thinking like that. Besides, I need, I need Ice Cube to focus all of his attention on the last Friday movie. I, I need him to focus his attention on that. I don't think we needed a barbershop three. I would have rather had last Friday. Oh, God. That's what I, I need. I need some good, wholesome. This stuff really doesn't happen in the hood, but it's a a, a comedic boys in the hood. That's that's what I need from Ice Cube. I don't need any more of these. Because Mr. Lee, shout out to Mr. Lee and East Orange. We've never dealt with none of them problems in East Orange. Mr. Lee never had. When I go to the barbershop, I get a haircut, and every so often I get a political conversation. Wait, wait, you got your hair, your hair cut by Lee? I get my hair cut by Mr. Lee at least every week. Wait a minute, wait a minute, he still cuts hair? Yes, he still cuts hair. He still cuts <laughs> wait, hair every two weeks. How old is Lee? Um, Old enough that I'm not going to say his name, I'm not going to say his age on air. <laughs> Lee still cuts hair? That guy used to take an hour per haircut. Or whatever he do, I still look good. And he would, and he would take a lunch break in the middle of it being a whole crowd of people in the barbershop. <laughs> and eat his fish sandwich with his orange juice. <laughs> he would just sit there and eat just out of nowhere, and people would just be sitting there. Yeah, well, you know, these things happen, man. These things happen. But yeah, man, it, it never happened. Like the best, like. Mr. Jimmy might come into the barbershop and he would say some funny things, but we never had any of the goings on that I've seen in this week. But Friday, that stuff seems to happen all the time. I went to school with a Vivo, so I'd much rather see that. Wow. So, isn't tonight the Chancellor's night? 
Yes, it is. Tonight is the Chancellor's Night, and, you know, we're waiting on the Chancellor to call in. And tonight we are spotlighting, and I had to actually be educated on this brother, because um, normally whenever we do the ones they rewind, even if I don't know a lot about the artist, there's never been a thing that I just had no idea who this person was. It's always been somebody that we were aware of. So when I got when we got the email from um, from the chancellor that we were going to be spotlighting Joe Tex on tonight's show, I was just I was like reading it was like just reading the email that I was BCC on like I don't even know if I'm supposed to be getting this. So you know I, I, we, I we put the show together and started promoting for it and um, shout out to the Archbishop. Her and her mother knew who Joe Tex was, and they started singing the songs. And let me tell you, the Archbishop's mom is such a Joe Tex fan <laughs> that she started she she started telling me information about Joe Tex that I'm pretty sure the Chancellor is going to say tonight. And if he does it, I'm going to ask because I feel like I know Joe Tex's backstory, his bio, his personal <laughs> influences. I know who his daddy is. Like she just spit fired all this information at me. So wow. I'm definitely looking forward to um to getting into it tonight. And we do have some we do have some news about the Wednesday rewind that we're gonna discuss with everybody um at some point. So. If you if you good, we we want to get into the music mix for Joe Tex, and then of course when we come back, the Chancellor Soul might go on to be on the line with us. All right. All right. So MJ, if you're ready, you on the You had the better. After all of his life, he's been used to do 
Mm-hmm. Right. And I know now I know exactly why what was said to me was said to me while the music was playing. I actually got a phone call. So shout out to the whole royal family. So the Archbishop is listening, the Queen is listening, the Duchess, who just celebrated a birthday, is listening. So the whole royal family is listening, and they're all Joe Tech fans. They might even get a phone call in from one of them. But speaking of royalty, it's time for us to bring the Chancellor of Soul on the line. I, I do this for the most part every week, Q. I think it's, it's, it's good. I think you should bring Mike on this week. Okay. <laughs> I'm excited because once he comes on, he's got to get right to the best part of Joe Tex. And wait till you hear it, D-Bitch. That being said, the one and only Chancellor Soul is in the house. Bring on Mr. Mike for me. Good evening. What's going good on, Good evening, man? Mike. All right, everything is good, man. Everything is good. Okay, I wanted to give you more time. We got to start working on this because you know what part I want to you know what part I want to hear you talk about because I know you're gonna go into detail about it. <laughs> okay, well, um, I, do I have to take a guess here, or are you you gonna tell? Yeah, me? <laughs> I want you to guess first because there's a like. It's it's gonna blow T Mitch away because I know he doesn't it's know. It's not it's not gonna blow me away, but go ahead. Mike. It's gonna blow you away. Well, okay, I'll, I'll take a wild guess here and say the derival between him and James Brown. Yes, <laughs> I knew that. I exactly. knew that. I was aware of that. Yeah, exactly. Was, yeah, I mean it was. Yeah, of course. I mean this. Yeah, this goes way back to you know the late fifties. With uh, Joe and, and James, what it was, it started with a, you know a woman, uh, Joe Texas' wife, B. Ford, and um, and what it was is that um, B. Uh, Joe was married to B. and you know I had his child, of course, but mm-hmm. they got divorced, and so but he, he was deep in love with her, so she heard about the James Brown review, and joined James Brown review, and of course when any woman joins James Brown's review, you become his girlfriend automatically, or he sleeps with you, or whatever, the, wherever the case may be. So, uh, you know that because became a rival because Joe was still in love with her, of course, and this thing back and forth with him and James. And after James got tired of her, he wrote her a note, wrote him a note, saying, "Listen, I'm done." You can have her. So Joe Tech's like, well, no, I, I don't want her. You can keep her. <laughs> you know, and wrote a song about it. And it's like one of those, with the, you know what they do in rap, where they, you know, uh, one disses one another. Mm-hmm. That's what Joe Tex did with James Brown. And it was a song called You Keep Her. And <laughs> the rest is history. But then again, the, the feud went on. You know, right. for years, and you know, of course, a lot of people really don't notice, or maybe they do. The older generation probably know, but James has stole a lot of Joe Tex's moves because James, mm-hmm. Joe Tex was the one who did the mic trick. 
He was the first to do that. He did that at a talent show. Um, he auditioned for a talent show. But actually, that was an accident. Because what happened was, he was up there singing a particular song. And as he was getting ready to leave, his foot kicked over the mic. So he didn't want it to fall on the floor. Then he did a spin, kicked it up, and grabbed it. And it became mm-hmm. a gimmick. So he featured that in the show. So James Brown, of course, saw it, liked it, and then he incorporated it in his shows. So the mic thing is Joe Texas. James has stole from Joe Tex. So mm. just make that, yeah. You know, everything when James Brown does, book, does, you know, he goes back and throws a mic. Joe Tex was an expert in mm-hmm. doing that. He was he, he he was something else with that microphone. I seen him at the Apollo. He 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 he's a fan, he was a fantastic entertainer. Great entertainer. He's very underrated. Very underrated. But like I said, you know, and then there was another time when in the early 60s, I think it was around 1963, he was in um I think in Georgia somewhere, on some club. And mm-hmm. uh was making Georgia somewhere and and Joe Tex <laughs> it was performing there and I'm going to tell you another mega star that happened to be there, but I'm going to get to this in a second. And so James was in town, and they were playing the same club. Mm-hmm. So what happened was Joe had made a mockery out of James Brown's cape routine. Uh. So <laughs> what it was is that um, when the show opened, Joe Tex arrived, arrived in like a beat-up cape. And he started rolling on the floor and, and, and saying, oh, man, please, please get me out of this cake. Because, you know, James Brown does the please, please routine. And he's like, please, please get me out of this cake. And everybody started laughing. And he started doing it the whole week. Well, Mr. Brown got aware, aware of it, came in with a gun and shot at everybody in that club. James he, Brown did that? James Brown did that. And I don't know if it was a 44 or 45 he had, but he started shooting. Pow, pow. Everybody ducked, ran out the club, running into each other. People ran into walls. And one mega star, one star was there, and he became, you know, an international star, and that was Otis Redding. Otis Redding was there and um, was at the club and was singing that night. So Otis thought it was a window that he could just jump out of, <laughs> but he hid behind a piano. So that was it. And that ended that routine with, you know, and James was furious because you don't mess up James' show. You don't make fun of James. You don't do any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, James had had to, you know, let you know in a little gangster style that that's something you just don't do. So that's exactly what he did, you know. Wow. And um, then, then years later, you know, um, he kind of dismissed James Brown's soul brother number one. You know, uh, it, it just was like back and forth, back and forth, you know. And um, James Brown owned stations in, you know, in Tennessee and a couple others, you know. And when he had, Joe Tex had a million seller called Skinny Legs and All, which was featured on the night show. So James refused to play the song on his radio station. He told the DJs, do not play that song on the radio station. I don't want any of Joe Tex's music played on any of my stations. So like I said, it was just, you know, one rival and another. 
You know, Jay, and then Joe Tex had on his bus the new Soul Brother number one. <laughs> mm. And um, so a lot of people, you know, say, oh, come on now. Enough is enough. You know, James Brown's a Soul Brother number one. You can't do that, you know. You can't just uh, Godfather Soul like that. Well, Soul Brother number one, rather, because he was that's way before Godfather. And so he took it off the bus. But like I said, it was just a rival with him. It for for like ten, twelve, thirteen years, oh, you know, all because of his wife, Joe's mm-hmm. wife, you know. So that that was the stories on uh, the arrival of him and uh, JB. Wow, that's good stuff. That's, that's all. That's all. That's all. That's all. Q wants. Q want to know the drama. Q want to know where. <laughs> He wanted to know the backstory on the phone. He probably wanted to ask you where did where did, where did James get the gun from? <laughs> <laughs> James Brown was not a nice guy, man. The guy got away with everything. You know, and the thing about it, he's my hero. You know, he's like one of the first, you know, that I idolized, musically mm-hmm. speaking. You mm-hmm. know, but um, you know, everybody got their bad side. Everybody has their demons. So, yeah. you know, it's about the music and what he gave to us and what he did for African Americans, you know, not politically also. You know, so you have to look at, you know, the good side of James Brown and not the crazy side of James Brown, you know. So but as far as Joe Tex, you know, um one of the underrated greatest entertainers that ever lived, you know, and of course some of the songs I played tonight. Now one of the songs, of course, um was Papa was two, and it's you know he says tramp, and mm-hmm. of course um, Otis Redding and Carla Thomas recorded Lowell Lowell Falsom's Tramp from 1966 to 67. Okay, now Joe Tex came in between that song came in between Lowell Falsom's original Tramp, and then mm-hmm. later Otis Redding, you know, um, uh, recorded the song and made it a hit. Joe Tex. You know, um, it's a segue, piano segue in the song that was used on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. It was sampled. If you watch the early first first Prince of Bel Air, you hear a little piano, don't don't don't, and they go into the scene. Mm-hmm. That was sampled from that song. Papa was too. If wow. To, yeah, if you listen to the piano riff, I you know. They sampled that one and put it in the first Prince of Bel Air as a segue for each scene. And um, of course, I got you when his most famous um, of his career, uh, the famous Soul Train uh, first season, when it was syndicated, the famous dance he did with Demita Joe Freeman, one of the dancers, you know, of Soul Train, who was mm-hmm. legendary. And um, Joe had asked her to dance. On the stage while he performed it For the first time on the show And of course that made Demita, Demita Joe Freeman famous You know It's just like a worldwide thing She became one of the A, a, a choreographer for All the um, dancers and, 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 and different people She worked with over the years But um, yeah Yeah that propelled Soul Train And the dancers You know That song I got you Propel, you know, the Soul Train dances and Soul Train because Demita Joe Freeman was like no other dancer that I've ever seen. 
<clears throat> you know, when she kicked that leg up in the air and, 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 and started doing that little spin and she did the robotic moves, I've never seen anything like that when I first saw the episode back in 71. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was, <clears throat> it was out of, well, it really came out 72, but, um, I mean, I've never seen anything like it. And to this day, after 44, 43 years, it's still, you know, in my brain. You know, it's, 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 it's you know, it's, it's a cherished thing in my memory that I will never forget. Matter of fact, you can YouTube it, those of you who are interested in watching it. And, you know, just put in Demeter Joe Freeman, Joe Tex, Soul Train, and, yeah, you see for yourself, you know, how magnificent she was at this with that song. And actually, Don Cornelius got mad at her for doing that because he didn't want the dancers associating with the stars. You know, he didn't he did he he didn't allow that. He didn't <clears throat> he kept everybody separate. And so but it was so overwhelmed, you know, when, when you know, the ratings went sky had skyrocketed. So that's what kept her from being not knocked off the show. So yeah, it's a history <clears throat> with Joe Texan. You know, he he's um he's comical, he was talented. He was the country preacher, you know. He was he tell people how to more or less what they what they should do in their love affairs. If you really listen to his, you know, his music and you know, and he claimed to be no authority on love, but basically that was his, you know, stick mm-hmm. music, you know. And um, yeah, he was just all around great entertainer, you know. No, thank you. I, hey. <laughs> I wasn't that. I didn't know that much about him. I just always knew that James Brown and him had this thing. But I wasn't that familiar with him. Mm-hmm. I just knew about the thing. I didn't know how bad it had gotten. Yeah, I mean, it, it just escalated, you know, over the years. You know, um, Joe did it as a joke. When he did it that night at the club But James took it very serious Because you just don't mess up his act You know, and people were laughing and heckling and mocking him And Joe was making fun of him So that didn't help, you know, matters As far as, you know, a pristine show (laughs) So James is like, oh, I'm not having this You know, I gotta teach this guy a lesson, you know So that's exactly what he, in his his way, did Mm -hmm. You know and also, he became a Muslim, too. You know, he had um, quit show business. And that mm-hmm. was a big controversy back then around, like, um, I think about 73, 74, because I remember him becoming a minister. And this is during the time when, before Louis Farrakhan became Farrakhan, he was Louis X. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing signs in Harlem, Joe Tex faced Joe X. You know what I mean? And, you know, so before they gave him his Muslim name, you know, and everybody was talking about it in Harlem, like, did you hear that Joe Tex is going to be a Muslim? You know, he was having, he had said he had issues with his label, which was Dial Records, and um, his uh, manager, Buddy Killen, another legendary, you know, in the uh, country field. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they were having some issues uh, about money and things and, I'm quite sure about race too because uh, you know uh Buddy was white and a southerner and Joe, you know, was um 
getting more into the Muslim teachings. So, okay. you know, so it did kind of conflict there. And the next thing you know, he was he became a Muslim, and he stayed a Muslim. And then he made um, he came back in the show business in '77 with "I Ain't Gonna Bump with No Big Fat Woman," which was <laughs> you know which was another parody record. You know, that was a huge big hit in the discos. And mm. you know, and a lot of dance um, uh, parties and dance dances, you know, all over. And so uh, that was his last gold record, you know. And uh, that was like a comeback for him, you know, because uh, Skinny Legs and All was a parody one he did in '67 about women skinny legs, you know, which became a big thing in the '60s. So even James Brown mentioned in a couple of his songs, like Mother Popcorn, if you hear him, you know, say. Skinny legs and all, you know. He always like throwing these little innuendos, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah. But he was known for his parody. He was known for his preaching, um, more or less a rap. You know, he was doing rap before rap even existed. You know, rap in, his, rap. in the song. You know, so yeah. And also, I got to put in also that he's also responsible for another famous song, legendary song that. Um, that was played in a couple of shows, um, American Idol and um can't think of the other show right now. Uh the song Fever. You give me fever. That was originally recorded by Lou Willie John. And um but Peggy Lee made it famous. That's the most famous first version of that song. Joe was staying at a hotel in Harlem and he couldn't pay his rent. Mm-hmm. So songwriter um Otis Blackwell, who wrote Don't Be Cruel and um and um, um, treat her nice for Elvis Presley. Was went to the hotel, and Joe had said, "Look, I got this song, but you know you can put it in, you know, in the melody of 16 Tons, which was ten, turned, which was recorded by Tennessee Ernie Ford, a country singer." And so they took the song, and that was it. Joe Tex had wrote the words out and sang it. Mm-hmm. These guys took it back. It was it was it was Otis Blackwell and John Dapp. Well, John Dapp was Otis Blackwell. I can't think of the other guy's name, but anyway, they took it back and wrote it as Fever. And then Lou Willie John came out and made it, you know, famous. Hmm. And then Peggy Lee came and made it more famous, you know, for a crossover hit. But Joe Tex is responsible for that song too. If you, you know, if you guys know the song I'm talking about, Fever. Yeah. Give me Fever. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Joe and Joe let that song get away too because it, it made him kind of rich to this day. Actually, if he just you know got credit for it, but he never got credit for it. He just wanted to pay his hotel bill. Wow. Mm. Oh. So wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's responsible for that too, and he had a song called uh, Pneumonia, like an answer song to Fever. <laughs> you know, in the same <laughs> label, King Records. You know. So, which wasn't a hit, but you know, it would take him years later to uh, finally get his his uh, recognition, like in '64, '65. You know, and that's when it all started. Now, he passed away pretty young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe was 47 when he died. He died the summer of 1982. I'll never forget that. You know, because uh, it's a funny thing that week that he died, I was playing his music. And um, hmm. somebody had said, man, did you hear Joe Tex passed away? I said, what? And, uh, yeah, it was like in August of 82 he passed away. 
Was he overweight or a smoker or? Uh, I don't know about it. No, because I mean he, he was Muslim, so right. you know if he you know I don't know about him smoking. He might have did that in his, you know in his early part of his career, doing his career before he became Muslim. But you know as a Muslim you can't do any of those things. Right. So he gave up you know all of those things. But I guess you know you know he just was. You know the sickness caught up with him at the time as he got older. So yeah, and I, mean, I know he was a drinker. Probably was a drinker, and yeah, he probably was a smoker too. You know, but you, I rarely saw Joe Tex with a cigarette. Mm-hmm. You know, in in any of the principal uh, photos that he took for like album covers, and he, he you didn't see him with a cigarette or a drink. You know, hmm. so yeah, he died pretty young. He was forty seven when he died. Yeah, he heart attack. You know, he died. Right. <clears throat> Man, they could have still been battling to this day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let me let me let me jump in. You, you know, you take all the all the Wednesday rewinds. I I just want to know, in in your opinion, Chancellor, is is Joe's legacy more about his career as an artist or the rivalry with with James Brown? Um, it's a little bit of both, to tell you honest truth, because the legacy lingers on with James Brown. Because as long as you write about Joe Tex, you're going to mention James Brown. You know, that's like a thing that's uh, glued, you know, um, to his legacy. Mm-hmm. So, but, um, you know, of course, the music, of course, you know, because, I, you know, like I said, I Got You is um, one of his most famous songs in and most people know that one, and I ain't gonna bump no more with no big fat woman. <clears throat> of course, the older generation know his '60s, you know, like "Hold On What You Got," the letter mm-hmm. song, and uh, the "Love You Save," a sweet little woman like you. I want to do everything for you, skinny legs and all. Um, uh, I mean, you know, so many hits. Joe Tex had so many hits; it was ridiculous, you know. And headlining Apollo and all the places he he was a big headliner. So it's a little bit of both. You know, it's a, it's, it's a little bit of both. Wow. Interesting stuff. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to have to uh, get with the royal family and listen to all the Joe Tech stories. Now, they were trying to tell me stories, and I was like, no, this, that's Mike's job. Like, you're not going to tell me about Joe Tech. <laughs> Mike's going to tell you, and then I'll come back and I'll talk with you guys. I'll get the, I'll get all the good information, and then I'll come back and make a telephone game with other people. They've heard a story, heard a story, heard somebody else's story. Because I was told that it was Jane Brown's wife, and so now it's Joe's wife, so now I can go back and tell the right information. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, she was on his review, and um, she recorded this song called You Got the Power in 59, but then, you know... Um, story went and as you know uh he um you know uh didn't want her anymore and that was it and he told joe he called he told joe hey you can have her and he's like no you keep her you know i don't want her. you know that sort of thing so yeah but it was joe texas wife first mm-hmm. but it was also james brown's woman afterwards and then you know and this you know this thing back and forth with him and james you know Sounds like it really got ugly. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool. Well, you know, you got anything else for him, too? No, that's all I got, man. As usual, I have learned a ton of information. Yeah, definitely. We appreciate. Well, we we appreciate every month when you come by, Chancellor, and educate us a little bit. Like I say, every month, you know, we 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 look at the numbers back on the show, and these these ones, every ones are easily the most listened to um, shows that we that we have, and. You know, Donnie Hathaway, Wednesday Rewind, is still doing about, I would say, almost 300 to 400 listens a day. Wow. So, you know, people are really, really enjoying what we do. And I didn't I didn't tell Q, but um, I'll, I'll say it now on air. We, 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 you know, we greatly appreciate you doing the Wednesday Rewind and coming and, um, you know, giving all the education and doing it is what you do. So you. we understand that uh, Cuban, we have to understand that the Chancellor is not only ours. He, he does get busy and have other engagements. So he is going on vacation. Tonight what? was the last Wednesday rewind until October. What are you talking about? Sorry. <laughs> and this, this is why I waited, Mike, because I wanted you to hear like a genuine response, not something that some host cooked up to make you feel good. Like he's wait, really. Wait, wait. What are you <laughs> saying <laughs> right now? <laughs> Mike is busy. His schedule is picked up, so he's gonna go be the chancellor and, and do things that a chancellor does. He, he has a, a musical kingdom. And, and subjects he needs to rule and we have been taking him away every third Wednesday. It's so you one night a month. Stop it, you Mike, I'm we greatly sorry. appreciate it. Yeah, Thank no, you. don't play him no more. We appreciate everything. <laughs> we appreciate the show. We are um, gonna do what we need to do. We're gonna continue to, you know, play the Wednesday rewind and get people reacquainted and maybe go all the way back to Tammy Terrell and bring them all the way back up to date. But um, we're going to continue to, to, to keep them informed and keep them knowledgeable until October comes and we get back on the line with you. Well, thank you so much. I mean, I've enjoyed immensely doing these shows, and, and um, which, especially with you guys. You know, I have, have the most fun on Wednesday nights. And, um, you know, but this is not a, you know, I mean, October will be here before you know it. I mean, because the way the, this year is disappearing so quickly, you know, in two weeks is July. So the next thing you know, I'll be saying, hey, you know, I'm back, you know. So, That's right. <laughs> so, you know, to all the listeners out there, thank you so much, you know, uh, for listening to the shows. And I, I I'm greatly appreciate it. I know the guys are as well, um, for you people out there listening. And um, we have to keep these legacies alive because they're fading away and they're trying to do this to our artists and we can't. Let them do that. You know, we have to keep their legacy alive. We have to keep their history alive. And uh, this is the importance of R&B music and the people who groundbreak the people of today. You know, you must know you must know your history before you know the future. So you know, um, I'll be back. But it's been a pleasure. You know, this winter and and spring. You know, I really enjoyed it. And thank you for having me. As well, and, and you know, so thank you so much. Yeah, we, we definitely appreciate it, man. So while Q continues to 
Yeah, at least say goodnight, Q. You can argue with me later. I'm really hurt, and you're stunning me with this. You're supposed to tell me beforehand. No, I wanted, I wanted a genuine response. So, Mike, we're going to let you go. We're going to get out of here. We'll, we'll be in contact. Uh, and like you said, we know like we'll be here before we know it. Yeah. Thank you so much. And you guys have a, a great, blessed summer to all our listeners. Have a wonderful, safe, blessed summer. Take and care. And I'll see you in the fall. All right. All right. Take care. All right, Mike. All right. Good have night. a blessed night. Good night. Don't even, don't even nothing. Come on, man. It's just time for QT with the Q, man. Get this all together and you. do it. I can't stand you. And you know it. Anyway. Yeah. You see how to, I, all right. Really quickly, um, in the news, we've all been beaten over the head with this Rachel Dolezal woman who was, what, head of the NAACP or whatever it was and uh, claiming to be black when she was really Caucasian. And, you know, she is, you know, uh, being portrayed as this horrible person because she was claiming to be black when she wasn't. Now, my issue with that is we are hailing Bruce slash Caitlyn Jenner a hero for now admitting that he always wanted to be a woman and now we're all going to call him Caitlyn and we're going to smile and we're going to really act like this is okay and then we're going to crucify this woman because she wanted to be black and did whatever she did to appear black I think that this is an example of how messed up we are as a people and this is why other countries turn on their television and they see something like Caitlyn Jenner and they're like this is why we want to bomb you guys because you do silly stuff like this so that being said um, they're both things that don't really make sense we're not you can't hail a man a hero because all of a sudden he has breasts and then you're going to tell this woman that she's a horrible person because she claims to be black that's all I got to yeah, while I would have said it in so many different ways, I, I agree with the intent. Uh, next week on the Neo Soul Show, uh, we are going to be blessed with the um, the husband and wife duo-ish. Um, they're going to be on the show. We've been playing their music from the album Pineapple Tuesday. Um, as always, you can check out all of the shows on iTunes, on Google Play, on TuneIn, and at blogsradio.com slash the Neo Soul Show. It's the Neo Social on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I'm T D O T underscore Mitch. She's at Q Man Books, and uh, I'm good here. Hey, T Mitch and myself and Booney, who T Mitch already knew was going on vacation and didn't tell me because they'd be playing me out. MJ, shout out to our producer. She knew. No, she didn't know, but actually she did. So she knew, even though she took an unexcused absence nah, last week. That was, that hope, was last week. Get us off the air. I hope everyone sees what's happening to me on this show right now. They're pushing me out, everybody. For t Bitch and myself, we'll be back next week, or at least one of us will, where we will try to do better. Until then, check out x2dl.com. We are out of here. Good night, everybody. <laughs>